Section 17 of City of Endless Night by Milo Hastings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter 14, Parts 1 through 4. The black spot is erased from the map of the world, and there is dancing in the sunlight on the roof of Berlin. Part 1 the relative ease with which i had so long passed for the real karl armstadt had lulled me into a feeling of security but now that my disguise had been penetrated my old fears were renewed true the weyer's records had seemingly cleared me but i knew that grobel had seen the weak spot in the german logic of the stupid official who had so lightly dismissed katrina's accusations moreover i fancied that grauble had guessed the full truth and connected this uncertainty of my identity with the seditious tenor of the suggestions i had made to him even though he might be willing to discuss rebellious plans with a german could i count on him to consider the treasonable urging coming from a man of another and an enemy race so fearing either to confess to him my identity or to proceed without confessing i postponed doing anything the sailing date of his fifth trip to the arctic was fast approaching if i was ever to board a vessel leaving berlin i would need von kufner's permission marguerite reported the growing cordiality of the admiral although i realized that his infatuation for her was becoming rather serious with the confidence of an accepted lover i never imagined that he could really come between marguerite and myself but one evening when i went to call upon marguerite she was not at home i repeated the call with the same result when i called her up by telephone her secretary bluntly told me that the princess marguerite did not care to speak to me i hastened to write an impassioned note pleading to see her at once for the days were passing and there was now but a week before grauble's vessel was due to depart in desperation i waited two more days and still no word came my letters of pleading like my calls and telephone efforts were still ignored then a messenger came bearing a note from admiral von kufner asking me to call upon him at once i have been considering began von kufner when i entered his office the request you made of me some time ago to be permitted to go in person to make a survey of the ore deposits at first i opposed this as the trip is dangerous but more recently i have reconsidered the importance of it as others are now fully able to continue your work here i can quite conceive that your risking the trip to the mines in person would be a very courageous and noble sacrifice so i have taken the matter up with his majesty with mocking politeness von kufner now handed me a document bearing the imperial seal i held it with a trembling hand as i glanced over the fateful words that commissioned me to go at once to the arctic my smouldering jealousy of the oily von kufner now flamed into expression you have done this thing from personal motives i cried you have revoked your previous decision because you want me out of your way you know i will be gone for six months at least you hope in your cowardly heart that i will never come back von kufner's lips curled you see fit 
he answered to impugn my motives in suggesting that the order be issued although it is the granting of your own request but the commission you hold in your hand bears the imperial signature and the emperor of the germans never revokes his orders very well i said controlling my rage i will go part two upon leaving the admiral's office my first thought was to go at once to marguerite whatever might be the nature of her quarrel with me i was now sure that von kufner was at the bottom of it and that it was in some way connected with this sudden determination of his to send me to the arctic hoping that i would never return but before i had gone far i began to consider other matters i was commissioned to leave berlin by submarine and that too by the vessel in command of captain grauble whom i knew to be nursing rebellion and mutiny in his heart if deliverance from berlin was ever to come it had come now to refuse to embrace it would mean to lose forever this fortunate chance to escape from this sunless babylon i would therefore go first to grauble and determine without delay if he could be relied on to make the attempt to reach the outer world once i knew that i could go then to marguerite with an invitation for her to join me in flight if such a thing were humanly possible but recalling the men who had done so much to fill me with hope and faith in the righteousness of my mission i again changed my plan and sought out dr zimmern and colonel heller and arranged for them to meet me that evening at grauble's quarters at the hour appointed i who had first arrived at the apartment sat waiting for the arrival of zimmern when he came to my surprise and bewildered joy he was not alone for marguerite was with him she greeted me with distress and penitence in her eyes and i exulted in the belief that whatever her quarrel with me might be it meant no irretrievable loss of her devotion and love we sat about the room a very solemn conclave for i had already informed grauble of my commission to go to the arctic and he had sensed at once the revolutionary nature of the meeting i now gave him a brief statement of the faith of the older men who from the fullness of their lives had reached the belief that the true patriotism for their race was to be expressed in an effort to regain for the germans the citizenship of the world the young captain gravely nodded i have not lived so long he said but my life has been bitter and full of fear i am not out of sympathy with your argument but before we go further and he turned to marguerite may i not ask why a princess of the house of hohenzollern is included in such a meeting as this i turned expectantly to zimmern who now gave grauble an account of the tragedy and romance of marguerite's life very well said grauble she has earned her place with us now that i understand her part let us proceed for some hours heller and zimmern explained their reasons for believing the life of the isolated german race was evil and defended their faith in the hope of salvation through an appeal to the mercy and justice of the world state of all this i am easily convinced said grauble for it is but a logically thought-out conclusion of the feeling i have nourished in my blind rebellion i am ready to go with herr von amstadt and surrender my vessel to the enemy but the practical question is 
will our risk avail anything what hope can we have that we will even be able to deliver the message you wish to send how are we to know that we will not immediately be killed the hour had come i will answer that question i said and there was a tenseness in my tone that caused my hearers to look at me with eager questioning eyes barring i said the possibility of destruction before i can gain opportunity to speak to someone in authority there is nothing to fear in the way of our ungracious reception in the outer world as i paused and looked about me i saw marguerite's eyes shining with the same worshipful wonder as when i had visioned for her the sunlight and the storms of the world outside berlin because i am of that world i speak their language i know their people i never saw the inside of berlin until i was brought here from the potash mines of stassfurt wearing the clothes and carrying the identification papers of one karl armstadt who was killed by gas bombs which i myself had ordered dropped into those mines at these startling statements the older men could only gasp in incredulous astonishment but captain grauble nodded wisely i half expected as much he said i turned to marguerite her eyes were swimming in a mist of tears then your visions were real memories she cried and not miracles i knew you had seen other worlds but i thought it was in some spirit life she reached out a trembling hand toward me and then shrinkingly drew it back but you are not karl armstadt she stammered as she realized that i was a nameless stranger no i said going to her and placing a reassuring arm about her shoulder i am not karl armstadt my name is lyman de forest i am an american a chemical engineer from the city of chicago and if captain grauble does not alter his purpose i am going back there and will take you with me zimmern and heller were listening in consternation how is it asked heller that you speak german by way of answer i addressed him in english and in french while he and zimmern glanced at each other as do men who see a miracle and strive to hold their reason while their senses contradict their logic i now sketched the story of my life and adventures with a fullness of convincing detail one incident only i omitted and that was of the near discovery of my identity by armstadt's former mistress of that i did not speak for i felt that marguerite at least in the presence of the others would not relish that part of the story nor did i wish to worry them with the fear that was still upon me that i had not seen the last of that affair after answering many questions and satisfying all doubts as to the truth of my story i again turned the conversation to the practical problem of the escape from berlin you can now see i declared that i deserve no credit for genius or courage i am merely a prisoner in an enemy city where my life is in constant danger if any one of you should speak the word i would be promptly disposed of as a spy but if you are sincere in your desire to send a message to my government i am here to take that message it almost makes one believe that there is a god 
cried heller and that he has sent us a deliverer as for me spoke up captain grauble i shall deliver your messenger into the hands of his friends and trust that he can persuade them to deal graciously with me and my men i should have made this break for liberty before had i not believed it would be fleeing from one death to another then you will surely leave us said zimmern it is more than we have wished and prayed for but he added turning a compassionate glance toward marguerite it will be hard for her but she is going with us i affirmed i will not leave her behind as for you and colonel heller i shall see you again when berlin is free but the risks are great and the time may be long and if marguerite will go i will take her with me as a pledge that i shall not prove false in my mission for you her people i read marguerite's answer in the joy of her eyes as i heard colonel heller say that would be fine if it were possible but zimmern shook his head no he said as if commanding marguerite must not go now even if it were possible you may come back for her if you succeed in your mission but we cannot lose her now she must not go now and his voice trembled with deep emotion at his words of authority concerning the girl i loved i felt a resurge of the old suspicion and jealousy i am sorry spoke up captain grauble but your desire to take the princess marguerite with you is one that i fear cannot be realized i would be perfectly willing for her to go if we could once get her aboard but the approach of the submarine docks are very elaborately guarded to smuggle a man aboard without a proper permit would be exceedingly difficult but to get a woman to the vessel is quite impossible i suppose that it cannot be i said for i saw the futility of arguing the matter further at the time especially as zimmern was opposed to it the night was now far spent and but four days remained in which to complete my preparations for departure in this labour zimmern and heller could be of no service and i therefore took my leave of them lest i should not see them again within a year at most i said we may meet again for berlin will be open to the world once the passage is revealed and the protium traffic stopped the food stores cannot last longer when these facts are realized by his majesty and the advisory council let us hope they will see the futility of resisting the knowledge that germany possesses will increase the world's food supply far more than her population will add to the consumptive demands hence if reason and sanity prevail on both sides there will be no excuse for war and suffering part three and so i took my leave of the two men from whose noble souls i had achieved my aspirations to bring the century-old siege of berlin to a sane and peaceful end without the needless waste of life that all the world outside had always believed would be an inevitable part of the capitulation of the armoured city i now walked with marguerite through the deserted tree-lined avenues of the royal level and why dear i asked have you refused to see me these five days past oh karl she cried you must forgive me for nothing matters now i have been crazed with jealousy i was so hurt that i could see no one for i could only fight it out alone and what do you mean i questioned 
jealous and of whom could you be jealous since there is no other woman in this unhappy city for whom i have ever cared yes i believe that i haven't doubted that you loved me with a nobler love than the others but you told me there were no others and i believed you so it was hard so very hard the doctor i saw dr zimmern this morning and poured out my heart to him insisted that i should accept the fact that until marriage all men were like that and it could not be helped but i never asked you carl about other women you yourself volunteered to tell me there were no others and what you told me was not true i must forgive you for now i may lose you but why does a man ever need to lie to a woman i somehow feel that love means truth but i insisted it was the truth i bear no personal relation to any other woman she drew back from me breathing quickly faith and doubt fighting a battle royal in her eyes but the checks carl she stammered those checks the girl on the free level cashes each month and worse than that the check at the jeweller's where you bought a necklace for twenty thousand marks quite right there are such checks and i shall explain them but before i begin may i ask just how you came to know about those checks not that i care i am glad you do know but the fact of your knowledge puzzles me for i thought the privacy of a man's checking account was one of the unfair privileges that man has usurped for himself and not granted to women but i did not pry into the matter i would never have thought of such a thing until he forced the facts upon me he you mean von kufner yes it was five days ago i was out walking with him and he insisted on my going into a jewellery store we were passing i at first refused to go as i thought he wished to buy me something but he insisted that he merely wanted me to look at things and i went in you see i was trying not to offend him of course i said there was no harm in that and the admiral winked at the jeweller i saw him do that and the jeweller set out a tray of ruby necklaces and began to talk about them and then von kufner remarked that since they were so expensive he must not sell many oh yes said the jeweller i sell a great number to young men who have just come into money i sold one the other day to herr von armstadt of the chemical staff and he reached for his sales book and opened it to the page with the record of the sale he had the place marked for i saw him remove a slip as he opened the book rather clever of von kufner i commented how do you suppose he got trail of it he admitted his trailing quite frankly said marguerite for as soon as we were out of the shop i accused him of preparing the scene of course he said but i had to convince you that your chemist was not so saintly as you thought him his banker is a friend of mine and i asked him about von armstadt's account he is keeping a girl on the free level and evidently also making love to one of better caste or he would hardly be buying ruby necklaces i told von kufner that he was a miserable spy but he only laughed at me and said that all men were alike and that i ought to find it out while i was young and then he asked if i would like him to have the young woman's record sent up from the free level for my inspection 
i ordered him to leave me at once and i have not seen or heard from him since until i received a note from him to-day telling me of the royal order for you to go to the arctic i first set marguerite's mind at ease about the checks to bertha by explaining the incident of the geography and then told the story of katrina and the meeting in the cafe and the later affair of hulknecht and the necklace and you will promise me never to see her again but you have forgotten i said that i am leaving berlin in four days oh karl she cried i have forgotten everything i cannot even remember that new name you gave us i believe i must be dreaming or that it is all a wild story you have told us to see how much we in our simplicity and ignorance will believe no i said gently it is not a dream though i could wish it were for grauble says that there is no hope of taking you with me and yet i must go for the emperor has ordered me to the arctic and von kufner will see to it that i make no excuses if i once leave berlin by submarine with grauble i do not see how i can refuse to carry out my part of this project to which i am pledged and make the effort to reach the free world outside marguerite turned on me with a bitter laugh the free world she cried your world you are going back to it and leave me here you are going back to your own people you will not save germany at all you will never come back for me you are very wrong i said gently it is because i have known you and known such men as dr zimmern and colonel heller that i do want to carry the message that will forever end this sunless life of your imprisoned race but cried marguerite you do not want to take me you could find a way if you would you made the emperor do your bidding once you could do it again if you wanted to i very much want to take you to go without you would be but a bitter success but you have no wife or no girl you love among your own people no but if i should go with you the people of your world would welcome you but they would imprison me or kill me as a spy no and i smiled as i answered they do not kill women part four during four brief days that remained until captain grauble's vessel was due to depart my every hour was full of hurried preparations for my survey of the arctic mines clothing for the rigors and rough labor of that fearful region had to be obtained and i had to get together the reports of previous surveys and the instruments for the ore analyses that would be needed nor was i altogether faithless in these preparations for at times i felt that my first duty might be thus to aid in the further provisioning of the imprisoned race for how was i to know that i would be able to end the state of war that had prevailed in spite of the generations of pacifist efforts at times i even doubted that this break for the outer world would ever be made i doubted that captain grauble though he solemnly assured us that he was ready for the venture was acting in good faith could he i asked persuade his men to their part of the adventure would not our traitorous design be discovered and we both be returned as prisoners to berlin 
granted even that grauble could carry out his part and that the submarine proceeded as planned to rise to the surface or attempt to make some port with the best of intentions of surrendering to the world state authorities might not we be destroyed before we could make clear our peaceful and friendly intentions could i coming out of germany with the germans prove my identity would my story be believed would i have believed such a story before the days of my sojourn among the germans might i not be consigned to languish in prison as a merely clever german spy or be consigned to an insanity ward at times i doubted even my own desire to escape from berlin if it meant the desertion of marguerite for there could be no joy in escape for me without her yet i found small relish in looking forward to life as a member of that feudal clan of parasitical royalty had germany been a free society where we might hope to live in peace and freedom perhaps i could have looked forward to a marriage with marguerite and considered life among the germans a tolerable thing but for such a life as we must needs live albeit the most decent berlin had to offer i could find no relish and the thought of escape and call of duty beyond the bomb-proof walls and poisoned soil called more strongly than could any thought of love and domesticity within the accursed circle of fraudulent divinity there was also the danger that lurked for me in hochneck's knowledge of my identity and the bitterness of his anger born of his insane and stupid jealousy rather than remain longer in berlin i would take any chance and risk any danger if only marguerite were not to be left behind and yet she must be left behind for such a thing as getting a woman aboard a submarine or even to the submarine docks had never been heard of i thought of all the usual tricks of disguising her as a man of smuggling her as a stowaway amidst the cargo but grauble's insistence upon the impossibility of such plans had made it all too clear that any such wild attempt would lead to the undoing of us all if escape were possible with marguerite but cold reason said that escape was improbable enough for me alone for a woman of the house of hohenzollern the prison of berlin had walls of granite and locks of steel the time of departure drew nearer i had already been passed down by the stealthy guards and through the numerous locked and barred gates to the subterranean docks where grobble's vessel the idle three rested on the heavy trucks that would bear her away through the tunnel to the pneumatic lock that would float her into the passage that led to the open sea my supplies and apparatus were stored on board and the crew were making ready to be off but three hours were left until the time of our departure and these hours i had set aside for my final leave-taking of marguerite i hastened back through the guarded gates to the elevator and was quickly lifted to the royal level where marguerite was to be waiting for me with fast-beating and rebellious heart i rang the bell of the countess's apartment i could scarcely believe i heard aright when the servant informed me that the princess marguerite had gone out i demanded to see the countess and was ushered into the reception-room and suffered unbearably during the few minutes till she appeared 
to my excited question she replied with a teasing smile that marguerite had gone out a half hour before with admiral von kufner i warned you said the countess as she saw the tortured expression of my face but you would not believe me when i told you the admiral would prove a dangerous man but it is impossible i cried i am leaving for the arctic mines i only have a couple of hours surely you are hiding something did you see her go did she leave no word do you know where they have gone or when they will return the countess shook her head i only know she replied more sympathetically that marguerite seemed very excited all morning she talked with me of your leaving and seemed very wrought up over it and then but an hour or so ago she rushed into her room and telephoned it must have been to the admiral for he came shortly afterwards they talked together for a little while and then without a word to me they went out seeming to be in a great hurry perhaps she felt so upset over your leaving that she thought it kinder not to risk a parting scene she is so honest poor child that she probably did not wish to send you away with any false hopes but do you mean i cried that you think she has gone out with von kufner to avoid seeing me i am sorry consoled the countess but it looks that way it was cruel of her for she might have sent you away with hope to live on till your return even if she felt she could not wait for you i strove not to show any anger to the countess for considering her ignorance of the true significance of the occasion i could not expect a full understanding miserably i waited for two hours as the countess tried to entertain me with her misplaced efforts at sympathy while i battled to keep my faith in marguerite alive despite the damaging evidence that she had deserted me at the last hour i telephoned to von kufner's office and to his residence but could get no word as to his whereabouts and marguerite did not return i dared not wait any longer asking for envelope and paper i penned a hasty note to marguerite i shall go on to the arctic and come back to you the salvation of berlin must wait till you can go with me i cannot will not lose you and then i tore myself away and hastened to the elevator and was dropped to a subterranean level and passed again through the locked and guarded gates End of section seventeen.